Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah, they say Virginia is for lovers. Uh, we wouldn't know that because we're in Cleveland, Ohio. Does it rock, Luke? You're going to have to decide. Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas, Morning Combat, in the echo chamber here known as this uh, former uh, turn of the century speakeasy here in this. Uh, Do you remember that scene from Pulp Fiction where they were like, bring out the gimp? Yes. That's where we are. That's where we are, in the bowels of this place. But happy to be here in Cleveland, Ohio. I know what you're saying. Wasn't this week supposed to be about reunions, right? Well, the first one is happening right here because, Luke, you and I have not done a show together. Forget about proximity, brother. Have not done a show together in two and a half weeks. Luke, in 2021, God bless you and your family. Who goes on a two-week vacation? You know, the Canadians are coming. It's it's Woodley Paul fight week. You know, to you, you, you just pick out, open the calendar and to just, you know, shoot a fluid out and whatever bingo chip it fell on, you know, that the, the cow the, the cow might shit and we'll, we'll get the win here. I don't know what you're asking. I don't know what that means. Was that English? It was a combination of a lot of, uh, you know, middle I took two weeks because I didn't take a vacation in 2020, and if I didn't, my wife was going to leave me. So, there you go. I've <laughs> been there. Yeah, been there. Yeah, we must protect this house. Pretty simple calculus, really. Luckily, Luke, and we'll get into your vacation and all that and catch up on our two weeks missed. Your boy BC was able to hold it down. But we're back together in the event, of course, is Sunday night. Showtime pay-per-view. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, your boys BC and LT have been on the ground covering all that shit. Sucka, including Wednesday's outdoor workout, public, uh, you know, media workout and uh, interviews, which was a great time hosting that with you, even though I sweat. A just an ordinate amount. I didn't believe that my body could produce that much sweat. Only a, you looked like a dad who had to give over his financial information before divorce court. I mean, it, it was it was bad. Uh, no more Rumble Johnson jokes, please. And then Thursday. That's credit card jokes. And then Thursday is today, and you and I hosted the final press conference, which got a little bit hairy in mm. there, which we're going to get into and really break that down. It's your lead story on freaking TMZ.com right now with your boys in that third graph from the top. And, um, you know, we'll be hosting Saturday's weigh-in, and it's a, it's, a, it's a wild time here in Cleveland. So let's start right there, Luke. Your impression a couple days in. Does, uh, does, the, does the land lead you to believe anything? People here are miserable. Uh, Cleveland sucks. I mean, it's fine. The people are very nice, but there's not many of them. Like, you go to downtown. I've discovered this. Like, I've been to a few downtown Midwestern cities. They're, they're empty. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, if you go to downtown Chicago or downtown L.A., well, downtown L.A. is actually, like, half skid road, but uh, New York, um, Philly, D.C., like, there's, there's, there's people there's, there's nobody here. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. I didn't even know the Cleveland Indians going to be changing that name to the Guardians you miss very that shortly. I, look, this this is a tight Were you on circle, a bubble here that is my life of all things combat sports. Now, wrestling's making a comeback in my life. I don't have the time to read your sports headlines. I know every morning you got to open up something and check out how that Washington football team did. I, you know, I, 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 Portland's I, I, usually the you answer. Know, yeah, yeah. I couldn't care regarding that. But uh, you and I will be, by the way, taking in. An Indians game Friday night. That's right. Some of our, uh, our friends and family here at Showtime. Here, here is here is how fucking spoiled we are. I, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to go to the? Is there a ball game in town for the time we're here?" He's like, "Actually, there is." Red Sox, baby. And he was like, "But you know, I don't want to go get tickets and sit in the thing." I was like, "You know, what would be great. What we, we should do if if uh, Showtime pays for a uh, not a studio, but a um, uh, what do you call it?" A suite. A suite. A suite. That'd be then sweet. we'll go. And then sure enough, our producer greets us. He's like, hey, we have a suite at the ball game on Friday. We're like, Indian fans. Like, the right only here. problem is we're going to put you in a post-World War II hotel. That's the only problem. This hotel is just... It's fantastic. But uh, Paul Woodley is what's getting us fired up this week. And I mentioned reunions. Good Lord. Uh, has the good Lord helped just open up this, the flood of storylines and nonfiction goodness for what will be documentary number five? Even less than Jake, our documentarian, not even on the team this week doing this documentary. Our, our normal guy who makes the doc is actually following Tyron Woodley twenty four seven for the All Access show. So he will have a hand afterwards, as he always does, is in taking all this chicken shit and trying to make chicken salad out yes, of it. That's right. But he won't be the guy following us around. So maybe it'll be like when the new Star Wars clip. Uh, movies 
get the different director each time, and then suddenly you got episode nine, and everybody's standing around like their things caught between their legs. You yeah. Know? So what? Maybe doc five. So the, the ninth movie is just Chewbacca playing the trombone. <laughs> I wonder if Doc, you know, because Doc 4 was a surprise hit because there was a lot of pressure coming off of Doc 3, Luke. It was abstract, it was BC holding that shit Dude, together with like docs, physical comedy and shit. You those know? docs do barely any better numbers than your boxing interviews. I mean, I the amount say, of attention you give them is really disproportionate. Doc 4, a surprise hit. I mean, I had famous people reaching out to me. Our producer is over there nodding when I said that about the numbers. Yeah. 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 You gotta uh, get those numbers up, player. Well, Doc 5's going to get a little bit saucy. We've got a lot. You know, sometimes you just you got the Doc cameras around. Anything can happen, and you happen to pick up something juicy as shit. We got it. Can't wait for the people to see it. Reunions about two worlds collide. Ralph Nations. I think your mark went dead. You just all of a sudden got dead in my ear. That was just, just, oh, just, no, 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 just your soul, you know. Just, just uh, my soul left whatever was left of this uh, body a long time ago. USA and Canada going to have a rematch of that Olympic hockey final from a little bit more than a decade ago. This week, we'll see what happens on Doc Five and see the end of that. But uh, we're getting a chance to catch up. There is look at what Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. By the way, we don't have a rundown for this show. We're just take, it's like Coach Coach Peters, the Naugatuck High football coach. Not a great gym teacher. State championship winning coach though. You know what his gym classes were? Roll out the balls. I got to go game plan for Friday night's game. You guys do what you want. Was he a Sandusky acolyte? Yes. Uh, no. 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 I thought you meant like the hardworking people of Sandusky, Ohio, from no, Tommy Boy. No, no, you know? I was talking about yeah. something much worse. We are. We are the factory types, not that type, though. Okay. You need hey, you know what we need in the background is more people walking around. Yeah. Just, just staring at us. Just comfortable gaff coming and going. Gaff's been an MVP this week. Shout out yes. to Gaff. But speaking I know. Of I know, I know. Week, can I tease my producer? Is that okay with you? <laughs> Look, there's a lot of things I want to talk about about this weekend. All right, we're talking about the press conference. There's a lot of things to talk about. One of them, though, is this event like brought together multiple worlds yet so far in a good way. All of our MMA media brethren are on the ground this week. Um, there's there's a few boxing guys, but it's much more MMA heavy with Tyron Woodley, former UFC so champion. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's I agree with that. So far, I mean, um, on the ground, on the ground so far. All I'm saying is, it feels like people are happy to be there. You usually get that feeling right when you show up to cover fight week. If like the fans and the media are they happy to be there, or are they just going through the motions? This one feels like people are happy to be here. No one knows if Jake Paul's for real. You're obviously polarizing the split if you think he's entertaining and fun, or you think he's an absolute douchebag, but. I feel like people are coming together this week because it's bringing in so many different potential audiences. Tommy Fury's on the undercard, so to speak. You know, a women's school made about a lot of different pots there that yeah. I kind of like the... This is like a wedding with multiple weird families. Yeah, it's actually a good way. To, I like that. It's a, it is a wedding between like disparate families from different parts of the world. I actually feel like on the ground, and there's no way to really measure that. I mean, Showtime, would, like uh, the PR people would know better. I actually feel like it's pretty close to a 50-50-ish kind of split with media. In terms of predictions for the fight? Or? No, just in terms of like who's here. Like today at the press room, when I was looking at who was there, there were the MMA side, so you had like Casey Lydon from MMA Fighting, you had uh, Ellie Secback was in the front from boxing. The Schmo, baby. Okay. Schmo, he's crossing over, he does a lot of boxing now too, so does Marcos Villegas from Fight Hub, he does both boxing and MMA. It's, it's pronounced Vie- Mar- Marcos Villegas. It, it's, it's, uh, you can pronounce it that way, that's true. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but uh, in any event, like I, I felt like it was a pretty decent cross section of both. Um, but you're right. Do you know what's funny? I mean, maybe you disagree with this because you cover boxing much longer. I always feel like when I go to MMA events, it's a little tense with the media. It's a little. Yeah. I go to boxing events and there's beef. But everyone's a little bit less on it. Sometimes the feeling can change depending on what network is putting on the fight, depending on which promoter is the lead promoter. Oh, I see. There can be a difference. Sometimes you do have those UFC type feels where it's just contention between media and. Yeah. and uh, but see, for and this one, here. This Jake one. and Tyron have done an absolute ass load of media. Anybody who wanted a one on one with him has basically gotten him at this point. Yeah. So, like, no, media aren't like. Trying to shove each other out of the way to, to be the first one to get a microphone in the other guy's face. They provided a lot of access. We know that Jake is not only you know the co not only the, the co top billing here in the face of this whole celebrity crossover boxing movement. He's got his own Showtime pay per view deal, but he's also like the co producer of this event, co promoter of this event. Yeah, so I'm not sure how much we can say, but he's fifty percent in control of. He's, he's wearing a lot of hats and and he's pulling it off. And and how it went down, I you know talking to our boys from Submission Radio, shout out to Casper and Dennis. And they had, uh, they had asked me, you know, will this one live up to the commercial expectations? You know, one thing I said was, you're going to need something juicy. Or you're going to prefer. You're going to want something juicy that happens in one of these press events. 
It was unplanned and not the juice we expected to get. But we talk about, you know, this is a non-traditional fight city in Cleveland, so we make Cleveland jokes about the despair and the loneliness. But I like that it's a different setting. It's a special night, special time, and sort of special fight within your typical boxing pay-per-view realm. And then today we got a... I don't want to call it a special outcome because uh, Tyron Woodley's mother was unfortunately verbally accosted and there was nearly a riot that local security, local police showed up. I mean, you know, we were lucky it didn't turn into something crazy, but I talked about being the lead story on something like TMZ.com. It, it got there, right? The, the, the news got there that there was something wild that went on. What do you think that effect will be twofold? The intensity of the fight, and I thought the press conference, by the way, that that, that led up to it was was good back and forth. Pretty good. Made you yeah. laugh. It was whatever. Um, but in terms of the intensity of the fight, and in terms of the pay- potential pay per view buying up, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that it helps the pay per view buys. How much remains to be seen? I guess we'll never know, or we won't know for until all the buys are in. But there's no denying. And by the way, some folks are going to say, "Oh, this was staged," and blah blah blah. I, I, I'm sure that like. The cynicism is generally warranted. I don't think that's necessarily true, but certainly I can understand why people might believe that. That's fine. I wouldn't really argue with it. What was interesting to me was um, Tyron afterwards said, you know, no, this doesn't add anything. I was, I I had maximum competitive preparation and fire for this prior to this. I do, and it wasn't Jake who did it. Jake was actually in the back. It was actually some of his dudes and his people. Jake has a large extended team all dressed in Cleveland Browns bright orange and dark brown. The worst um, color pairing on earth. They were everywhere. And, uh, you know, beef started. And then we saw Tommy Woodley's sister getting that That's what they did. So basically there was a dude in the – there was several. This is the difference between MMA and boxing pressers in in, – well, I should say UFC and boxing. UFC, unless it's like a really big presser. They will absolutely control who is well, in there. It's a boxing. Fight, they'll so look, step back and let's something happen. But if that's it's not true. a conflict. That's true. They, they are weary of the commission's finding. So okay, I always go back to it, but I remember when Lamont Peterson fought Amir Khan, and this is at the time when Khan had Khan's army follow him everywhere he would go. Lamont got a questionable decision in that fight, and at the post-fight presser, Khan's army was there. So basically, like the boxing pressers, they'll just let in entourages, fans, whoever, randos. I mean, the same guy who talked shit to Conor McGregor wearing the the loud sport coat was he also was in attendance today. He was there. But he was playing peacemaker, trying to keep Tyron back, having the relationship through Dean Thomas as radio coach from Miami. Yeah. But it was so, just I a just wild this out. Boxing is the events; they're always more of a circus every time. And it I thought weigh-ins the whole night. And I thought today really hit the mark with the trash talk. And it was corny at times, but it was funny both. Meaning Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul were pretty, pretty edgy and smart and on point in terms of establishing. You know, Tyron feels overlooked, and he feels like you know you're just being a clown. I mean, Jake Paul was shirtless with a lot of ice, tats showing everywhere, wild beard. Um, where did you fall on the line? Between the extremes of trying too hard and lame, or like, man, this guy's so cool, he, he just can't help but, but keep doing cool shit. Where did you fall in terms of the look and feel that pissed off Tyra Woodley? Yeah, I don't I, see for me, I, have, I, I think I said this briefly on the broadcast before we were interrupted by that whole melee, which was my first reaction when the presser was over was I thought that Tyron basically handled it as well as he could have. This is in many ways the Jake Paul show. Um, I did feel bad for Tyron, which is Jake Paul. And I didn't feel bad for Tyron that Jake Paul said mean things because that's just the game and you just got to deal with it. I did feel bad that, like, if you're new to this or you're a Jake Paul fan or you kind of know who Tyron Woodley is or, like, the last four fights is all you really know about him, I was like, dude, Tyron Woodley in his prime was a motherfucker. He was a great fighter. And you even heard Jake Paul say, I'm going to show you that being a UFC champion over here, me in boxing, means absolutely nothing. I don't respect what you did. Yeah, I don't respect shit about it. I was like, dude, I felt bad because I was like, dude. When Tyron was on it, he had a great fucking career. It ended badly or whatever for for UFC, but... I don't know. I felt. A, did you not feel a little I bit like he's that. being like disrespectful? Here's what's interesting, though, and because Jake Paul is so polarizing, you could watch the the, the pre melee part of the press conference, just the talking, yeah. and you could be on either. And if you're on either side, I bet you're a hundred percent on either side. Meaning, you either think he's the lamest Jake Paul, the lamest circus <laughs> clown sort of guy who rolled out of you know bed and just kind of stumbled into this. Or you could see him as this meme, ahead of the game, entrepreneurial, genius troller who just constantly knows how to light off these firecrackers to pick, piss people off. I mean, he was on point from that regard. So I think that it could baby face up, so to speak, to steal a wrestling term and making Tyron Woodley almost the 
the, ma- the one that more people are cheering for. And then you have that melee, which again, wasn't Jake's fault. It was an extended member of his team who talked some trash and got in Tyron's mother's face allegedly and yelled, you know, talked talk some crap to her and said some pretty uh, inappropriate things. But it was when you see the headlines of like Jake Paul's teammate uh, messes with Woodley's mama, that's going to make Woodley a, a sympathetic, you know, and you're already going to have enough people just wanting to see Jake Paul get knocked out, whether they, they're a boxing purist that doesn't want to sure. welcome in or whether you're just a hater of that culture and all the things going on with the YouTube social media influencers. I feel like Tyson, Tyron Woodley kind of won in different ways from this press conference if there's victories to be had. I thought it clarified some of the roles. We, we discussed this yesterday at the media uh, workout, which was Tyron spent a lot of his UFC run as like a chip on my shoulder, me against the world, up against management, kind of like an F you to everybody. I don't get the credit I'm, I deserve. And taking on someone as polarizing as Jake Paul, that kind of flipped. But think about it. Who, I'm not saying she's the most popular person, but who has the highest likability rating in all of MMA? It's Tyron Woodley's mom by a country mile. Holly Holmes pretty close in that regard too. Okay? Uh, maybe, she maybe. Gets, but the point she being- gets white- baby face pops when she shows up at like public workouts, like that's white fine. meat baby face, like cheering for the good of the world. People that come up. That's there, fine. Okay? That's fine. I, I, whatever you want to say, going against Tyra Woodley's mom, or at least bringing her into this whole thing. Even if you didn't know who she was, you're yeah. just a boxing fan. You're gonna be like, dude, what the fuck is up with that? Like it kind of clarified that there, whatever. I mean, and you know, if you're a Jake Paul fan, you won't believe this, but it kind of clarified that Jake Paul, while he's running the show is a little bit rubbing people the wrong way. And that Tyron is, uh, adopting a role where he's presumed to be much more likable than he was during his UFC okay, run. Okay, you know what I liked about Jake Paul's um, performance in Thursday's press conference? <laughs> I mean, he's all freaking in. The Look, sleep line was pretty funny. He has a stupid amount of confidence in BDE, to steal a term from he this does. show. He really does. I mean, he has an excessive amount. So either... He really is just a loudmouth badass who's going to figure out a way to knock out Tyron Woodley and talk to all this shit leading up because he's just like, man, I can't lose. Or this is going to be a humbling loss on Sunday night because I feel like the more that we've seen from Tyron Woodley, whether it be workout videos, whether it be the interview you and I had with him, which is available on YouTube, morning com- uh, youtube.com slash morning combat, all the interviews uh, that we did, um, I just feel like Tyron Woodley Whoa. is is uh yeah okay so our video is playing on the tmz TMZ site yeah not bad not bad luke you want you want clicks you want energy you put bc there and just unleash yeah that that was the really the magic there right we're sweating up that people don't even understand i know i played the i played the fool on wednesday i sweat in the public square with the tent people didn't see the tent around us it was like it was hot as balls and my shirt my body did not stand up to the pressure they were on but what overshadowed their failure was my willingness to fight through it and dominate Okay, so that's established, right? You are a sweaty freaking mess today, and it wasn't even no, it an wasn't. outdoor, I was fine by the time an the outdoor situation. It was like it was a two an outdoor block situation. Walk. It was not two blocks, but it wasn't like you were like, a dude. None, literally. I know you, I don't have ground to stand on right now. You don't, and everything you've said in the last two minutes has been false. Everything you have said, literally. You don't understand the BC you are receiving. You took two weeks off. You left a barren landscape in the morning combat universe. Although I thank you to our our friends in the business who helped fill in some of those sure. gaps and the cracks and the holes. Um, but Luke, you it's like you left me there with this giant machine of just BDE <laughs> that I can plug in and just blow up. And I'm just getting blown by this machine, Luke. And I am full. My head is huge right now. Yeah, Luke. I know. You shouldn't could, be because you should see my DMs about you. <laughs> would you would you say okay? Let, let, let's put it on. The, let's put our cards on the table. Would you say that I'm the Jake Paul of MMA media? No, you're nothing close to the Jake Paul of media. I'll say this: it was funny I got, because we got that same BDE though, right? You definitely don't. I was um, uh, I, I was funny. I was looking at my DMs from the show, or well, I'm just you know on vacation. And I told BC this at the airport. They were split right down the middle. I mean, 50-50, not 51-49, 50-50. I would get one that would be like, Luke, you ain't missed. Fucking BC is captain of this ship. Fucking find another job. I'd be like, damn, BC must be killing it. And then I'd look at the next DM and he'd be like, how is this colobus monkey okay. hired alongside of you? Fire this loser First of immediately. All, 
I get that there's people that, I mean, they don't have any personality or want or understanding <laughs> of art. So I get that there's going to be a, a one, not even a 1%, maybe even like a 15, 20%. I'll give you the credit. You have built up a large audience. And in that large audience is the hardcore MMA fan. They only want the technical breakdown. Sorry, guys, dissected. Not coming back right now. And this guy not man enough to fight to bring it back. Yeah, that's the issue. Wow. That's the issue. That's a little, get a little on you, some of that BDE. So my point B is you're BC, always going to have. Look at me. You, You're always no one have, has ever accused you of having BDE that's a female, ever. You, wow, ever. wow. You're always going to have that percentage. I'm going to ask your but wife if you have BDE. Aside, when you're out there, when she tells you to mow the fucking yard, I think there's some people that just they're missing what I'm doing. They don't even get the reference of what I'm doing, so they think that's I'm true. just that, that's I'm true. just talking that's into true. a funnel of, of ridiculousness. So you know what, what, I mean? what I basically gathered, what I was, I was like, well, BC must be being himself, and uh, the, honestly, though, that's kind of the way that it should be. It should be that. Uh, the two bring different things, and then when it gets together, it's like baking soda and vinegar. It just That's explodes, what I'm about. bro. Just explodes. I do want to say people one want us to be friends. I don't want to be friends with your ass. I like being friends with you, actually. Uh, I'll say this about Tyron Woodley before we completely get off of it. I feel like heading into this week, I was a little bit like, yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get run over, and I still think that's probably. I still think he'll probably lose. Are you getting a little bit of we're overlooking him vibes? Yeah, 100%. That's what I was sort of trying to point to just a few minutes ago before I had to really put it out there how well I, I, I kept this, this, shit, this shit and this ship afloat with this guy just gone from the uh, hemisphere. I will say that um, Tyron Woodley has won me over with his confidence, poise, which are things that like we already knew about him coming in. So mm -hmm. it's like you got this guy that, that they both have questions that can only be answered in the ring. Yeah, Woodley's already answered a lot of these foundational questions that we don't know if Jake has. Oh, Jake's got BDE with the shirt off in front of the microphone. But what does Jake have in round three? What does Jake have in round four? I feel like there's more of a safe bet in certain categories from Woodley that we are just dismissing, maybe because of 39 years old, four straight losses in the UFC. The assumption, which I have fallen on that sort of, oh, well, you know, Jake Paul's a lot bigger. He's a bigger boy. Well, he is a bigger boy. He's not, but as he's not Woodley's huge. trying to say, I'm only four inches shorter than him. I'm at that walk around weight yeah. all the time. This so. whole thing about like Jake Paul is enormous. No, he's not. He's about normal for an athlete at 190. It's not, it, it, there's nothing, there's nothing particularly, you know, unusual about his size in that sense. But would you say between the, the words they exchanged and all of the public incidents and, 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 you know, the media moments this week, all the interviews they've done elsewhere that Tyron Woodley's story is properly being told this week his chances of potentially winning this fight are now, as you look at the odds, which are very close, being properly sold, that if Jake Paul still comes over the top and knocks him out, it will be looked at as even more impressive if it's done right. Like, it's building up now where Tyron's getting, he's not over, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of. I still, you know, on Showtime, not having, obviously having access to some of the footage from UFC of, about what Tyron did uh, hurts the storytelling, right? It's hard to tell without exactly seeing. And he was good in Strike Force, but that, that wasn't the very best of him. He didn't use his hands in Strike Force much. And then when he did against Mark Ward, it went, it went quite poorly. Um, so the point is, the, is this. In that sense, it's, it's kind of hard to tell uh, what Tyron did. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, listen, when he beat Askren, I was like, dude, this is a clear setup where you just want to beat someone who was a UFC fighter that was an Olympian. You could say, wow, you're beating UFC fighters. But, like, the guy was retired and had a hip replaced before the whole shit. Tyron's not in that ballgame. But this is the point I wanted to make. Like, yesterday, when we talked to him and even today, or all these interviews, when we asked him what went wrong with the last four losses, he was like, well, I was caught up living the lifestyle. And it's like... Okay, he's answered questions to your point about, you know, what, what can you show when you're in the middle of adversity and how high can you climb? Those broader questions he's answered. But about the last four fights, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Like, on the one hand, I am very much of the belief that, like, I don't know, I feel like we're kind of overlooking Tyron a little bit. I, I don't know which way and how it's going to go, but the other part of me is like, dude, am I supposed to believe you're going to lose four times like that and all of a sudden just turn it around because Jake Paul's relatively novice in boxing? Maybe. But you, you, I, I haven't heard a sufficient answer for me yeah. to think that he can turn around that that problem. Or maybe what we said on day one when this fight was announced is still true, that it's perfect matchmaking because good we matchmaking. don't know what it's going to look like. Like, I could entertain both scenarios of dominance either way and completely believe it from what I know coming in, but I think the best-case scenario 
is that they hurt each other. They both have to get up off the canvas, and we kind of see in this moment who's the tougher one and more suited for this. And I don't know, like, I've, I've said this all along. Like, the guy who wins may not be the better boxer of the two because we're at such a low novice ability that you can just swing for the fences and I'm see not, what happens. Yeah, this is the part I want to say. It's a great, I really agree. I think that's a smart, smart way to put it, PC. It's like... PC? Did I say PC? Yeah, that's a, that could not describe me. Okay, okay. Piss Campbell, new name. Uh, in all seriousness... Someone might win this for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with demonstrating superior boxing skill. That is entirely possible. And a finish, by the way, is even possible in that way. That's wild. Uh, so when you think about it that way, it's like, you know, does it prove a whole lot for Jake? It's, this is the thing I've been, I was wrestling with for the last couple of weeks is what does a win, a, a non-controversial win, but what does a win over Tyron Woodley actually mean? Forget about what fight it sets up. In the ring, what value can be conferred upon Jake based on those results? And it's very hard to understand well, and know. If it was a blow-away first-round knockout, I don't think he would get as much. It would fit into the theme still of your fighting non-boxers yeah, and right. older fighters and stiffs if he could overcome some type of adversity in a fun fight because the fun fight element would carry the genre forward right yes. it'd be like well man win or That's lose what, I want to see that this. was what the problem was with Mayweather and Logan Damn it was right. like Mayweather was supposed to knock him out didn't and so Logan overperformed in the sense that he didn't get finished but he underperformed in the sense of entertainment completely and it was it was boring it was basically yeah. boring they, these two they got to get after this it. is the one this is the one i feel it in that regard and it's not me wishing it for our own numbers or, or paychecks it's the fact that i think everyone understands and realizes that maybe that's why there's such a big media turnout that this has some very interesting future long-term implications but just the actual fight itself and now you add what happened today at the press conference this has the potential to be wild luke it's a, it's 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 switching gears to a degree but it's still in the same ballpark of the themes we're representing when you were going through your dms while on vacation was there any fear giving your large trust of management, even with companies <laughs> that you currently work for at times because of how jaded you are as a person, yes. that part of you was like, man, I, I hope BC didn't do so well solo that maybe just the time being away, Willie Pep, like maybe I just wore out my welcome because of his performance. Like that BDE was so strong, brother, that like maybe I come back to same chair, just doesn't, it's not as comfortable, you know? Are you asking me that was I worried in my absence that they would realize they could do the show with you alone. Absence does make everyone else's heart that normally deals with you. No, fonder. I got I got to tell you, I looked at the subscription numbers in my absence and I realized pretty quickly that the ship will sink if I'm not here. Okay. All right. Well, it's great to have you back. Are you going to wait until this evening's room service diaries, Cleveland style to tell your horror story with vacation and the, should I tell it here or should I tell it on? I, you know, it's up to you. You are a content creator. I, I don't, you know, I can tell it here. I can tell it here. I sense you brought it up. Um, so basically B BC knows about the whole story. Uh, my vacation was a, a nightmare. It started out a nightmare. It did not end up one, but Long story short, my wife and I had planned. She hadn't seen her family in a couple of years because of the pandemic, and everyone knows the whole These story. These are the Colombians. That's right. For context. So we were flying to Colombia on um, the, my first day of vacation, and my wife, we, uh, the flight luckily was not till 4 p.m., and my wife woke up we, uh, with the baby around 6.30, and she woke me, and she goes, uh, I can't smell or taste anything. And I'm like, oh, oh Jesus, fuck. All right. I said, look. Let's just go get a COVID test and see how this goes. And because she's fully vaxxed with Pfizer, and um, so she went and got a test, and uh, sure enough, she was she had COVID. So, did she have the the Delta brand or the yeah, uh, the, the she original? Did. Mm -hmm. uh, she did. Oh. So then the doctor, uh, you know, tells us that the kid has to get tested, and everyone else in the house has to get tested. So uh, Felipe, who was there, he, uh, Uncle Uncle Pepe, he has Moderna vaccine. He did not get it. Okay. I got strong genes. Strong genes. <laughs> I got tested. Yeah. I did not get it. My daughter got tested. She did not get it. So we had a call with the pediatrician and everything else. We had to get tested every fucking day. It was a fucking awful. Uh, but it was pretty miraculous because within three days, all of her symptoms went away. And I never got it. Felipe never got it. Uh, the nanny didn't get it. And Abuela. No, no. Abuela's in Colombia. Okay. And uh, the more important one is the only one who was unvaxxed in the house was my daughter. She did not get it. So the doctor doesn't really know. But his best explanation was what probably happened was that the viral load that my wife was shedding 
was so small that a my vaccine and natural antibodies whatever stopped it and then the the kids obviously they're much more resistant to covid than adults and it, it resisted it as well so the vaccine the doctor believes again who the fuck knows but he believes that it was important because otherwise everyone in the house would have gotten it and it was a tense situation i'm yeah. so glad that it worked out well although you did use viral load and your wife in the same sense as i could not get away from that <laughs> yes, i didn't say jizz like, load I'm i like, said Tommy viral Fury's load. dms what's going on here but um, the long story, look, the long story, know, the long story short is we then we have to call and cancel everything <sighs> here's what, let, let me give a recommendation if you are flying anywhere and they ask you, hey, do you want the little insurance on your ticket for like 10 bucks or whatever it is, 20 bucks, buy that shit. Because what happened was when my wife got it, she calls up Avianca, which is the airline, and they're like, unless you can prove it with your insurance, because she, she bought the thing with the test. So if you have the insurance with a positive test, they gave us a 100% refund on the tickets. I was fucking blown yeah. away yeah. by that. So folks, whether you're vaccinated or not, when you travel somewhere, buy the ticket insurance. It will save you in the end. True or false, though? And thankfully, your wife turned out fine, although COVID did cancel the Colombian trip. It did. You switched gears and said, let me go to a place where they don't recognize COVID <laughs> right. and, and still have a vacation. <laughs> so you flew to, to Florida. Florida. So what happened was we waited for my wife to get two full days of um, full negative PCR tests. So that happened after about five days. She had no symptoms after three. happened after about five it was, we were just chilling at home, like nothing happened. Yeah. So then uh, we figured out, all right, let's go to Florida where, well, we looked, here's what we looked at. The kids in Florida are back in school. So we looked at the availability of the parks, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom. Everything was wide open. All the hotels, wide open. Everything was wide open. My wife's a meeting planner. I said, get to work. So uh, Make me a sandwich, bitch. Not quite like that. So she went and booked everything. And so we went to Florida. We stayed at a great hotel about 10 miles from Magic Kingdom. Had a great lazy river in the pool. There was hardly anybody there. There was hardly anybody else at Magic Kingdom. And that was my daughter's first trip. And it was... uh she seemed to love it. She seemed to have a freaking great time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't much... Re- you know how this goes. They don't tell you this. When you're a new parent, and I say new within... You know, a kid is still not really speaking the language a child, fully. A child is how a dad would describe You don't own. go on vacation for yourself. You go on vacation for them. You don't get a lot of rest. But... The kid was happy, which made me the happy. Child, the child, yeah. And I should ask you, my wife is completely fine. I'm fine. We never got it. Uh, are, your, are your folks okay? They are. They are doing, they're doing well. Very happy. I mean, look, with, with the extreme level, especially that my mom had, there's, there's a recovery period and breathing. It'll take and all time. That. It takes time. But uh, very, very happy for that. Happy that things turned out well for your wife. Um, you know, you are, you are the Dr. Luke Fauci of this show. So yeah. uh, I didn't want to be playing any Atlanta songs in the background. I'm being or, honest with I mean, it. So it was, we, it was we, wild. It, it, is that we, ironic or coincidental? No, we, had a, we, had a, we, had, we had the reality. The reality is with the, the Delta variant, it can break through some of the vaccines. It broke through hers. But the good news is my wife barely had any symptoms. I never got it. My unvaccinated child never got it. And uh, we, were, we were able to then pivot to go on vacations within about a week. So pretty I, great. I would like to, you know, build the legend of Pepe just for a second or for as long <laughs> as you'd hang with me on this. Does he swipe? What does that mean? S- swipe right to, to like, say, is he on to the, say yes to chicks to potentially. Bang oh, is him? he on like the apps? Yeah. Is he on the apps? Is, is Pepe? I mean, his, his Bro, English is pretty he, good, right? He's, he's fluent. Yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to watch this. So I'm going to say this dude, Pepe just lay in pipe all over oh, wow, different wow. continents. Dude, this wow. guy's got like three <laughs> girlfriends in Colombia that he Pepe can just just spread in the seed. Dude, just, Uncle Pepe is fucking wow. murdering the game. He's like he's kind of He's John Fury. He's I mean like, just, just He's like the Ioli of this in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? It's just it's incredible. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Pee Pee, yeah. indeed. Wow, what a guy. I'd love to get him on the show. I'd love to get your brother on the show. One day, Luke, this is your life. I'll tell you MK this. Style. I'll tell you this. Felipe would come on the show. Oh, shit. Yeah, Uncle Pepe would come on the show. Okay. My brother? Nah. nah. Mm, I'll, I'll put it this way. Between my father and my brother, getting them on the show, you have a much better chance with my brother than you do my father. My, okay. Getting my dad on the, you'll you'll get my dad on the moon before you get him on this show. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's see if I can pull uh, some connections there. I'll, I'll, Why don't I'll find you DM him. my brother again? See if that works. That that didn't work, but yeah. All right. So Luke, we were off for uh, two and a half weeks of doing it. You know, somewhat. Look, can you speak at least? Because there were some people that were upset, and I don't think their their long term upsetness 
was justified. But the last 24 to 48 hours, they have called us out for not letting them know that there wouldn't be a live show on Wednesday for no instruction, no tweet. Our social media team could not put out a tweet, Luke. Am mm. I blaming them or, or directly you, who sometimes feels like you handle the load of these social ideas? It was, it was a little bit disconcerting that you didn't care about the average fan who had to wait out two full weeks for you. Yeah. Then we don't tell them about Wednesday. We don't tell them about this bonus show. Yeah. It's kind of been a little bit of an SS, if you well, and I'm not talking about Steve Smoger, the Hall of Fame referee. I'm talking about shit show. Yeah, it's okay? been a shit show. Um, I'll apologize for that, that I didn't oversee that happening. Um, can you apologize at all of the, you know, we know that you had, you must, you, you had to protect this house. And I'm not talking about the, the, the structure of this, which is not strong. Which you are I'm challenging talking about you are not, not even our marriage, your marriage. You got to put time for family. So I love that, Luke. But there's people that are going to say, they're, the Canadians are coming. It's a big time in media right now. We we got a we got a bang, bro. Yeah, we we haven't done a great job with uh, anything. <laughs> we we did not do a good job. I don't feel like coordinating the vacations. We didn't do a good job of like how those shows were going to go. We didn't do a good job of like figuring out this week. And did I mail in our two vacation Q and A shows? There's a possibility that there's I did. a little bit of mailing in that went there. So I'm but, not going to put all the blame on you. But I can't. I can't be mad about it. You got to do what you got to do. Like I understand that. But here's here's what I can say. For all of the things that did not necessarily go as smoothly as they should have for the last couple of weeks. Train is back on the tracks now. We are oh, doing this okay. show. We're doing a show tomorrow. We're doing the weigh-ins on Saturday. We'll do a post-fight show for MK on Sunday night. We are doing a room service diaries, a documentary. Things are back. Things are back in a big way. Okay. Um, wow, we, went on, this, we went on lockdown. This piece just fell right into my lap. That is... Um that is interesting. I'll work on this while we're talking. Hey, I'll, I'll touch your lap. No, 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 no. That's that's that's. Why? Uh, is something wrong about that? That's, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's no. There's not, no BDE there's with that. No, By the way, no. I just want to put this out here. I want to say it on air so everyone oh, knows boy. now. Pressures no, you. No, this is not dying. Me. Fetus is playing no. at the Webster in Hartford, Connecticut, on November 18th. I want him to go with me. He is resisting. We would film it for the documentary. If you want to see that. I'm not a that, big fan of abortion rock. If okay, you want to see that, me and BC go see Dying Fetus, November 18th. I want you to email the show, morningcombat at gmail.com. Cast your vote. That Webster Underground Theater is in a bad part of Hartford, and it's got a history of, of rocking. I've seen at that, at that venue. You've been there. Um, oh, yeah, many times. It, but you got you to gotta be careful where you park. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing there. Um, I saw Twisted Sister there. Oh. I saw Sebastian Bach, uh, Dickie Betts, uh, Bob Weir and Rat Dog, and uh, I feel like I've seen a couple like metal bands there as well. Um, Sebastian Bach is not, it's metal technically, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, but there's some the theatrical sort of singing. That's in the background. kind of metal my wife likes. Okay. She she's big into like uh, does she like Slaughter because that was like the last great does like metal album yes. right before Nirvana flipped the the kind know. of metal she likes that you wouldn't like would be like European black metal that she, you don't like that but the American like hair metal stuff yeah like 1980s okay in your face do you shit? stand by this they're they're kind of the Jake Paul of this scene Poison in the 80s could have been they were cheesy as f at times but they could fucking rock dude i so i had front row tickets to see poison in 02 and 03 heavily heavily on uh, in the weeds for those shows but um they kicked ass luke and that's their like washed up period okay i uh prime poison you're not into that you're I not feeling see, cc on guitar no i saw my wife dragged me to not a poison show but she dragged me to who was the guy john karabi who did he fill in for he was like a part-time lead was it motley crew was he a we have we have some of our camera crew are speaking Who is it? up. I can't hear you. Speak up. Molly Crew? He's like he was like the brief lead singer, right? Yeah. So I saw John Karabi at like the uh soundstage in Baltimore. He was whatever. But then my wife took me to see, I guess it was I think this was in the Nissan Pavilion, or maybe it's Jiffy Lube Pavilion, whatever it's called now. I saw Motley Crew there for one of their summer shows. I, I left the bitch. I, I it was one of the oh, worst wow. fucking oh, wow. shows I've ever ever well, that, seen. See, that music doesn't typically age well in terms of the performance of it. Right? And I got lice at this place, you know, even though it was wow. outdoors. So that's what you get when you go to Motley Do you Cruz think show. you'll catch COVID here in Cleveland this week? It's a gear. If I, <laughs> I mean, my wife had it in the house and I didn't get it, so. We are following to a core and a T all by Matt, am CBS, I going to get, uh, am I going to get COVID here? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, Luke, this show has been a little bit off the rails. I'm not looking to end it anytime soon. I don't even know what time it is, but it's, I like to uh, We've been on for about 45 minutes. Um, you're, you have a very important meeting this week. 
Can you get into I'm that? I'm not. No, 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 no. Not today. Not today. You got to wait for that to happen before we really get into all it. Right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know. Don't do that. We don't have commercials here. I can't. I can't. You know. I can't breathe. Just throw it to commercial. <laughs> I just like to put you right in the fire. And you we know, asked. So. I, I want to say this. We asked Tommy Fury about his DMs, and he was like, "Oh, I don't even check them." Tommy Fury, you're lying. Yeah, you're bro. Lying, oh, you're, you know, can you imagine the people, the women throwing themselves? If he didn't themselves? check them, he'd been like, what's that? I don't know. Is there a way you can email each other privately through an app? He wouldn't have known. Although I did look up his, his. Uh, I mean, he is, he is How many madly in love with Molly May. Madly in love with her, okay? That she finished, I think she won the season of Love Island where he was runner up. They're still dating. Did you hear the intensity and I think all marriages should be like this, although he's not married, right. of how much the commitment and love he has. That's why he said, I ain't even going in those bitches, those DMs. I don't need them. I am sa- I'm a man I looked like who him, is satisfied. I looked that couple up. <laughs> Luke, that's a beautiful couple. Okay? Dude, if I looked like him and I had his money and his fame and I had DMs like that and I was 22. And eyes like that, Luke? I, if I was, I, I would be just burning a trail through the United Kingdom. You know, you and Pepe would go on a me uh, and Pepe just yeah. laying pipe. You I Pepe mean, and Ron Mexico would be that trio would be <laughs> <laughs> taking over the world. Yes, wow! Look, did anyone hear Ron that? Ron Mexico—that was what Mike Vick called himself at the airport. Wasn't yeah, it? that was his code right? name when he would when he would sex up the women TikTok. You don't stop. He would call himself Ron Mexico. You know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, he got caught at the airport with the weed bottle. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. and then there was like a thing with dogs. I don't know if you heard about that. I did. Yeah, yeah. it made white people very mad. Yeah, rightfully so. It, yeah, of course. I was, this is not I, he, a he story a of thing. color, Luke. This was a story of uh, yeah. All right, um, Luke, um, you missed uh, the, the return of Manny Pacquiao, a big fight in your absence. Did you watch that? Do you have any opinions on how all that went up? I didn't down? see the Ugas fight. The only thing I saw was I did see some of your post-fight analysis about it, and I saw the scores and what everyone else had to say, and I read, every, I, I, I read a lot about it after the fact. The only real takeaway I had about it, for someone who didn't see the fight, was just that Ugas is very talented. He deservedly won, as I understand it, like a clear scorecard for him. That Manny Pacquiao made it competitive in spots, but more or less that was Ugas's fight. The only real takeaway I had from that was, dude, Manny got lucky. And I saw, I know there was the video where his eyes are so fucking swollen, he can't even open either of them. His wife's feeding him soup. Like, it's just just, fucked. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay. Dude, and I know Spence had the eye surgery because of the retina, but. He saved himself from a beating. Spence, I think, was going to do bad See, things. See, I him. don't know. I think it's a, still the Styles. You have a belief thing. in Manny Pacquiao that I don't think is warranted. I anymore. think Pacquiao would have been able to get Spence into a brawl, and that that would have given him his best chance to compete. I don't think he would have won, but to compete at a fairly even terms. If Spence had decided, I'm going to play you from the outside and just outbox you. Could he have? Yeah, it's Spence, man. Okay? But I think Spence, like against Porter, would have let his hands go. Because Pacquiao would have been coming at him from certain angles that are not natural and Spence hitting him. Spence dropped Porter. Oh, I know. Spence can punch. But Spence also, after the fact, was like, man, I, I, I got too caught up in going for it there. I think that's what Pacquiao saw when he watched. Okay, so maybe Pacquiao. Okay, even, even if you want to say this, Pacquiao um, would have performed ably against Spence in a losing effort. This is my point. Like, the, the main objection I had to the Spence... F- and, and Pacquiao fight was everyone was making a story about how great Manny Pacquiao's resume is, how he's taken on contenders is amazing this late in his career. And I think all of that is true, but I don't, I'm not going to call it a setup fight for Spence, but to me, it actually sort of reaffirms what my initial suspicion was, which was everyone wants Spence Crawford. Then they made Spence versus Pacquiao. And you were like, this fight is great for a lot of reasons. And I'm like, right, but it's the fight you didn't ask for because we would have gotten that. And it Terrence. would have been exactly what we thought. It would, dude, it, who's the, who was the guy? Singletary? They are who they th- we thought they were. Right? That, w- that was actually Dennis Green. Dennis Green, yes, from yeah. the Cardinals. Mike Singletary was, from I Chicago. need winners. Yes, that's what it from was. From the 49ers. So the point being is, right? dude, it, the, the fight was what we thought it was going to be. Like, there was no real mystery about it. I give credit to Ugas for coming on late notice and doing what he did. But to me, it's like boxing fans being like, oh, can't you like look at it like a magic eye and get some value from it? Not fucking really, no. Wow. Okay. Uh, people did want to know what you thought about uh, Kelvin Gastelum's loss to Jared Cannonier in a very important fight that in I the middleweight deci- division for you. How did you score that one? I scored it three rounds to two. Cannonier gave him three, four, and five. Yeah, that's how I scored it as well. Um, <sighs> Gastelum has to go back to welterweight. He just has to. The guys. So you don't think he, my my theory of if he just if he makes his wrestling a threat at middleweight? 
Like he's gonna have to get in better shape for that. But if he can make his wrestling a threat, it will open up his strikings. His striking, and some people are like BC, that's the most. It's the most casual take I ever heard. It's not a casual take. Um, you know, they're like, you can't do that at middleweight against these guys. I'm like, what if he got in shape and he made it more about cardio and pushing that pace? And and that threat of the wrestling could open up his left hand so much more than I'm just gonna follow you around. You know. I think I think there's a few problems that Gastelum is wrestling with here. One, I think it's. Totally on point. I completely agree. Second part is, I do think he has to go back to welterweight. I really, really fundamentally believe that he's just not suited to beat the very high-level guys at 185. And maybe he can't beat the very, very best ones at 170, but I like his chances there a lot more, provided he is in good shape and the cut doesn't drain him. The third thing I would say is, and I talk about this guy a lot, but once you take the pill, you can't go back. There's a dude by the name of Coach Barry Robinson. He has coached several UFC fighters before, Dan Hooker and some other ones, but he has talked about something. I brought it up on the show before called the rhythm step. And dude, yeah. it's not just this idea that you do this one particular step that you can, uh, that you can pick up on. Kelvin Gastelum resets striking exchanges in such a way. I'm not his coach and I'm not here to tell him how to live his life. But if somebody like me could pick up on it, there's a problem. Every time he stands on the outside and he wants to close the distance to joust, he does the exact same kinds of things. He picks up the Oreo cookie. He, he, he twisted it just a certain it, way, it, yeah. and every one of his opponents sees it and times it yeah. every single long. time. Chick, chick, chick. Yes. There, he Alligates ha- her blood. He can punch. He's athletic. I think he can make reads. I think he's very talented. I do think also, to Aaron Bronstetter's point, oh, wow. you look at his resume, Kelvin Gastelum's resume, dude, he has fought nothing but the best over two weight classes. You must yeah, give him credit. Yeah, but my point, though, on the show, so the last thing I'll say is his striking when he's executing on offense in close range, I like. To the extent he has to distance close, yeah. he gets timed constantly. To the constantly. extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal, light up the stage and have a jump like a candle, right? I don't think that's the lyrics. Say it one more time. I, no, I don't have to. Um, so what I'm saying there is that um, at some point you are who you are in terms of your record and Castellum's entered there. But do you not give the same praise and respect I did in Canada Air for for – for finning, figuring out the technical advantage there and winning the fight the way he did? Uh, He's, he got better since the loss, That's bro. exactly right. That's exactly right. Cannoneer is a testament to, uh, one, getting to the right weight class. The guy started out like fucking what? Light heavyweight? Heavyweight? Heavyweight, bro. Heavyweight, and now he's down. Yes, that's right, because this is his third weight class in the UFC. So now he's down there. Plus, he moved from Alaska to uh, MMA Lab in Arizona and has made profound changes to and developments to his technical progress and acumen, and it has paid clear dividends. Even against Robert Whitaker, he had him in trouble in that, or at least, you know, right. well, he had a moment in the, in the third round, but the first two rounds, he was like a step behind. I think okay, he's, well, okay, he's trying Whitaker to figure out how to... very good. Exactly, but I think he went back to the gym and was like, how do I fix what I did There's wrong? no doubt in my mind, and that to me is the difference, is you got... Gastelum has all of the athletic tools and at this point the competitive experience I think to give anybody trouble but to get over that hump there has to be a new dimension to his offense and I think he's got to clean up some of the things he does that makes him uh, traceable and timeable with, now with this connection to, to in friendship with um, Henry Cejudo why doesn't he move to the captain's gym dude it's like he's training with Cordero it's not like Cordero doesn't know how to make UFC champions it, he does at, so, at, well, at some point though it, it, it stops being the potential effectiveness of that effectiveness as that coach some fighters boxing or MMA they need the change they need the constant switch it's, it's why some people are in one marriage for 30 years and some people are bouncing around like Uncle Pepe just laying <laughs> pipe just laying that shit down I mean bro. Latin America just watch out Uncle Pepe's on the <sighs> move um it's true. Uh, this is the only thing I would say. Is it true that professional relationships come to a point where the two participants, coach and fighter, run out of, um, dude, you're not my coach. I don't know why you no, think No, no, I'm saying that, like this, eventually we will be so sick of each other's jokes yes. that this show is going to, it's going it to fall burn. apart. It will burn. And it, it'll be spectacular. But the point being is, to your point, yes, is it true that there becomes a point after even a successful relationship, the coach and the fighter just can't get anything out of each other anymore? Yes, that's true. It would, it would require me to be at King's MMA yes. for me to diagnose whether or not that is the I case. I just like saying Albert Asin. I like mo- pushing him into our show because of his style preferences. And he's also a really smart guy. He's one of those people Surprisingly, like yes. me and Billy Hoyle um, who have found a way, that's the Woody Harrelson's character in White Men Can't Jump, to, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard goddamn work making something this brilliant 
uh, accessible in a way that feels so basic and simple, right? Yes. So, like, you know, Eric's got the glasses. Oh, he must be a clown. No, he's a genius under there. He is a mad scientist. Yes, he's a genius. I agree with that. Well, genius is a strong word, but incredibly capable. I mean, he was hammered at the Logan Paul for Mayweather fight and calling and just drunk calling you on video chat like over and over. Constantly again. sending me videos of, yes, dr- yes. of just drunken language <laughs> I did not understand. Yeah. By the way, speaking of El Barcine, we should tell the folks who we saw today and talked to today. AJ, AJ McKee. McKee. Yeah. Bellator featherweight world champion who Sunday night will be a part of the desk kicking off the broadcast for uh, Paul Woodley along with Logan Paul and Brian Custer. So that should be an interesting team to set the stage for that fight. Dude, that kid leveled up, man. But in talking to AJ, and I know there's stories out there and he confirmed it to us. There there was an interview he gave with Ariel in MMA Fighting uh, that essentially broke down like, you know, they want to get paid from Bellator. They want to rip up the contract, which in which he has three fights left on now. And let's not, you know, let's get, let's, let's figure out his true pl- payment now. And what AJ told us was, you know, he hopes that happens and that could open the door for that potential of some crossover boxing, which it's something he's very interested in. And in talking to him quickly, Luke, he has no care about the weight experience level of None. these opponents. Like he wants to do big shit. He wants and, that smoke. Yeah. So that was, that was fun to hear. You know? He's, he's a, he's a, he's a smart kid, man. That dude, obviously everything he already pulled off is pretty incredible. He's not done wowing us, not even by yeah. a long shot. I don't know exactly which way and which organization and what it's going to look like, but well, you had him break down to us. In the, yeah, in we, the, he the, gave me all the details of how he beat Pitbull, and, and it, it was, was as illuminating. if like it was. It turned out easier than he ever could have expected. Now he hit him with the perfect shot, the perfect time. We're not here. It does, says nothing bad about Pitbull. Yeah, but it was as if he was like, you know, I think I know what I'm going to do, and then the fight was just over. He two things I took from the conversation was one was they had scouted Pitbull really well. They knew what he was going to do. And then as he did those things, they made reads and adjustments off of it. And that, cause I was asking him like, did you know the head kick was going to be there? And the short answer is basically yes, that it was either going to be to the body or to the head, but they knew that he was going to move into it and that they were going to be able to set it up with ease. And sure enough, they did. And I mean, it was, that was it. I mean, he's, he's a brilliant kid. He's going to do big things in the sport. He's also here supporting uh, somebody from his camp, the body shop. Uh, MMA fighter turned boxer Anthony Taylor, who's yep. 0-1 as a pro boxer, 7-5 for MMA. He's done work in Bellator. He's, of oh, course, a training weird with Tommy, partner. Yeah, but Tommy Fury, who's fighting him, Tommy Fury was talking about Jake Paul. He's like, yo, you got to stop fighting MMA fighters. And I'm like, Tommy? Tommy, you're kind of that's, fighting that's MMA who you're fighter fighting, on bud. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so Tommy Fury would be fighting Anthony Taylor. The, the hook is that he's a sparring partner in Puerto Rico, part of the extended Jake Paul camp, but he comes from the body shop with the McKees there. So that was interesting to see. And they had said, you know, that loud, cocky, brash figure you saw, that was him from day one when they met him. So it was, it's cool to see the, the connections in this game, Luke. It is. There's been, there's he was making noise. That dude is trying to make, he DM me a little while Anthony ago. Anthony Taylor? Yeah, he did. Um, uh, did he ask for stick picks? No, no. He wanted to just talk. Uh, uh, and I was on vacation, so I couldn't do anything about it. But, um, yeah, he, he likes to rattle the cage a little bit. He likes to make noise. I don't know if he's going to beat Tommy Fury, but um, he's, he's a self-promoter for sure. I have to say, Luke, when this pay-per-view card was announced, and, and, and it's not only a weird night, it's a you know Sunday night. I like the start time, by the way, 8 p.m. Eastern, but it's a five-fight main card. I think when the fights were announced, you were like, oh, okay, you know, I kind of I like that guy. You know, oh, Amanda Serrano, okay, cool. Oh, we got the Tommy Fury thing. But I think as we saw these fights, the storylines play out at the press conference today, I kind of got excited about each one at the potential of action. The Dubois fight doesn't have any ju- juice It doesn't right have now. a ton of juice, but Giuseppe Cusimano from Sicily there, um, he seems ready to bring it. He does. That was the guy who's promoter. I'm interested in seeing Dubois because I, I, I think he has a lot of ability. He's only Ob- 23. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the opener with Fury and uh, Taylor is going to be fun. But, dude, we're not talking about it, and I get it because, you know, I looked at the numbers on our interview with her, and, no, you know, it just didn't do very well. Guys, I cannot tell you. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not doing a bit. I'm not doing Showtime's bidding. You can go on YouTube and just type in her name, and you'll see all her fights. You can go take the Pepsi Challenge. Don't By all means, BC, I'm telling the audience, do not take my word for it. Dude, Amanda Serrano is the best boxer on that card by a mile. It's not even close, both in terms of decoration and what she can do. She is a fucking force. And on top of that, she has an action-oriented style. Her output is insane. And I keep saying this. She is a vicious body attacker. She drops multiple opponents with hard work to the body. I am like... 
you know, they were doing that bit between her and Jake, like who's going to have the most exciting KO. I don't know. I don't know who's going to have a KO. I don't know who's going to win. Well, I, I'm pretty sure Amanda Serrano is going to win. She doesn't get the credit. We're talking about at worst, as you pointed this out, right? At worst, third best woman boxer on the planet, arguably has a case for number one, seven weight class titles. She can go from 115 up to 140, even 147. And she's an action fighter. I don't know what's to dislike about that. Yeah, and she's still in her physical prime. I believe she's 32 years old, and she's, I mean, she's coming off maybe the best win of her career against Daniela Bermudez, a champion from 122 who was moving up. We'll see her defending those two titles at featherweight again against uh, Yami Mercado, and it's Puerto Rico versus Mexico, but I love, so you got to expect action. That's the point there, but I love where um, the confidence in Amanda that she realizes, Luke, that like, she didn't get the the backing of like a one network or one promoter that was like, I'm going to make you a star and, and get you paid at the level and get you the exposure that you deserve. She's always been coming up the hard road that you could see the joy in, in being in this opportunity. And it's cool that Jake Paul, who trained with her to a certain degree and made friends with her in Puerto Rico, was able to put her as like the co-main event. I support that. I mean, it's the most real boxing fight in a lot of ways on this card. But she feels that you can tell that she understands the opportunity here. And that she's not going to go out there and, and fight reckless, but she gets that if I can go out there and make some big time noise, like this could be the launch for me into those money fights that I've wanted, but have been unable. I mean, she was really close Katie Taylor before fight, right? the pandemic and fighting Kaylee, T Katie Taylor for all four lightweight titles. And they didn't end up sending enough money to her. And then Eddie Hearn changed the price and she pulled out because she felt like she deserved more. And if, if they can make that price right, I mean, this is the kind of exposure she needs. Let's say she goes out there as we're waiting for Jake Paul and blows away Mercado, people are going to take notice. So yeah. it, it's a great time for and women's she deserves boxing. It. Did you not, also, we didn't talk about this because of the melee afterwards, but this is what I want to bring up on the post-fight, like way or post-weigh-in show that we did. She said, guys, remember, I, we don't quit talking about the bet with Jake. I can't bet a lot. I'm a female boxer. I don't make a lot of money. She's fought in MMA. She's undefeated in MMA too because she can't get fucking paid. She can't get the attention she deserves. She's a supreme talent. I think you're going to see that on Sunday night. I really do. I hope, for your, your point is, that this is a push to something so she yes. can get some fucking coin, man. Absolutely. And she's had three MMA fights. I believe two of them were with Kombache Global. And in one of them, Luke, she's 2-0-1. I don't know if you've seen her draw. She's dominated the two fights she's won in MMA. The draw I've not but seen, But the draw, actually. she got taken down in the final round and put on her back. And she was in full mount for like four minutes Jesus. getting lit up. And she had to show like every inch of that boxing championship heart and pedigree like to survive that. She survived that. She got the draw. I, I'd love so was it. it two 10-9s and a 10-8 the other way? I believe so. Something like that? She was fairly dominant early herself, but... It was just the, the right. fight turned. The and she game, was yeah. lucky to survive that, but it just shows how freaking tough. She I mean, is. I'm just saying, I don't want to take anything from Clarissa Shields. She's earned everything she's gotten. She deserves more. If that's anything, that's why she's in MMA. It's I mean, not that's it's what not, it is. exactly. But it's not either or. I'm just pointing out, dude. The worm is starting to turn for Clarissa. The worm needs to turn for Amanda Serrano. She is stupid talented. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, it, I think maybe. I mean, we do have a UFC fight night Saturday night. We'll, we'll, we'll preview that during tomorrow's regular morning combat episode. Tomorrow is Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, your regular morning combat time slot. We'll have a full regular fun show for you from this location, and we'll get into it. And you do have Giga... God, I'm never going to get that right, am I? Giga Chikadze? Giga Chikadze. Why yeah. do I want to say um, Giga? And then I want to say, like, Giga and... Um, GG, the movie, with uh, J-Lo and uh, Ben Affleck. Yo, I, oh, man, i got to put, put a pin in that. Or Gili, what's um, the movie called? Gili was with uh, J Lo and, and Ben. Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, that's about. One yeah. of the, Courtney perked right up. She knows. She knows. Is that right? That, that, it was a bad movie, though, right? Yeah, horrendous. Okay. Horrendous. Um, they're I, back together, though, right? They're, they're, big, they're, they're back with a bang, if you will. Oh yeah, they're banging. Yeah, they're there's banging. no question. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. I did have a point to make. Oh, there's a UFC fight that that's decent on Saturday, but like the, this this card is largely going unopposed this weekend. This is this card, Paul Woodley in the combat sense is your top story. Yeah, folks were asking and why it it's not really on Saturday. It shouldn't be on Saturday. It's a little, it's a little weird. It should be kind of separate from everything else. Right? And and yeah, and and I, it's it's I think there's potential things that they can gain commercially for going on Sunday night, but I just think it's become the top story. It's taken over. It's crossover in a big way. Today's melee certainly helped that. I, I can't lie. I'm really excited to see what the fight looks like. I have that just basic fan common interest of just like, is Paul really that good? Like, you know, Woodley can't be that washed. Like, this could be a war. It's wildly unpredictable. I don't think, here's what I'm pretty comfortable in saying. It's not going to end the way Paul versus Askren did, where the person who lands the first big shot wins. I don't think that's true. We're going to get a fight. But yeah. beyond that, pff, if 
fucking fly now. Should be a wild crowd. I hear the uh, the tickets are flying. Cleveland's ready to represent. There's a Cleveland couple of uh, local the city fighters. Where we come Charles from. Charles Conwell is on this undercard. Um, unbeaten Montana Love is going to have a big fight against Ivan Baranchik on this pay-per-view main card, both from Cleveland. But, you know, Cleveland has shown up and shown out for Jake Paul. So, Luke, um, do you want to address just the overall temperature of the haters like we try not to give them the light or shine you block them I, I even block them too when they really make some really inappropriate comments but um you know there has been even from some listeners that dm me specifically they feel like the, you know dm you know maybe documentary four which was an entertaining success was about selling out but it's a tongue-in-cheek selling out yeah we put on the ropes people think you interviewing Jake Paul yesterday. I don't know what they expect. They're going to walk up and slap him in the face, but people think because you showed that man some respect after originally saying that you hate that shit, that you are really selling out, that they must really be paying you well at Showtime because your ass is down here in Cleveland milking it up for this honky-tonk fight. I mean, but you the know fight what? is not championship level. It's kind of silly. Uh, I'm here because I'm paid to be here. All that's true. At the same time, I've said it for weeks at a time, and you can believe it if not. If you don't want to, it's okay too. Whatever choice you want to make. Um, you know, this is not going to be good boxing. It's going to be, could be interesting, fun, but it's not going to be good boxing. Um, but it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. Right. But here's the, here, you don't have but, to chill for that. But, but it's true, dude. When Jake Paul had the MMA world tap dancing at everything he was doing, and now Dana White is constantly, dude, the pay issue is only a big deal. It's not because the lawsuit is sort of moving along in a way that's catching news. It's only happening because predominantly, yes, fighters are complaining, but because Jake Paul is making reporters ask Dana White about what Jake Paul said. That's just a fucking reality about it all. And then on top of it, dude, when he had MMA fighters, you know, fucking huffing and puffing at him for weeks on end, I could not believe they were doing that. And I said on this show over and over and over again, wow, man, this kid is actually surprising me. He's kind of funny. Would I want to dress the way he dresses with the ice and everything else and wear my hat like a jackass? No, like that's stuff doesn't appeal to me but dude he's got 50 percent control of this show he's bringing in amanda serrano by choice not this show he don't control not this show but yo yo, uh, yo, jay you don't control shit his his son this the sunday event he's bringing in amanda serrano as his co-main event he's forcing fighter pay into the uh, the public consciousness in a way that it it hasn't been to this point tyron's gonna get a, a record payday it's silly and not really all that important but it could be decent if not uh good fun if that doesn't appeal to you and... Uh, Yo, you why know. don't you just skip that preamble and just tell him to fuck off? Yes, yeah, uh, S-A-D is what I would say. I don't, ca- I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. L and the T want to get with me cool for the hell of it, right? Mm-mm-mm. For the smell of it. They want the bod, here's the hot rod, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It make me want to shoop. Baby, I want to shoop. Can we get you Adderall, baby. please? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. And they're coming this way, MK. Luke, can you tell the people, can, uh, now that we finally have a working schedule for where we'll be this week, where we'll be appearing, we're doing a set at Caroline's uh, in, the, in the comedy store also the day after. Uh, w- tell the people where we'll actually be tomorrow, when they can tune in, where they can see us. 11 a.m. right here on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. Like and subscribe, as always. We will do a show. We'll preview the weekend's UFC fights. We will get you ready for... Paul versus Woodley and anything else. We might do a, what I'm told is a historic list of dead wrongs. We'll probably. <laughs> All from my dude. solo runs. Yeah, you, ever, you ever been like so broke you didn't pay a bill? You're like, fuck it, man. I'll just have to pay a bill when that next big check comes. And then the check comes and then you do have to pay your fucking bill before they shut the water off. And you're like, dude, how the fuck did my water bill get to fucking $400? Yeah. It's because you didn't pay it. Well, we're going to get that $400 water bill tomorrow. <clears throat> also, we'll be all over CBS Sports HQ tomorrow. Multiple right. stops breaking down this fight, setting the stage of what's going on this week. Tonight, we will be recording a room service diaries. Um, a lot of people, oh, these guys must go out and do a shit ton of drugs. No, those are, those are done completely sober. So, um, Very sober. So, Luke, um, will that go out tonight? What's the plan on that? Uh, that won't go out tonight, but it'll probably go out tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get that out on the streets. Um, oh, Morning Combat put up a tweet asking... Do you want to see Luke Thomas take Brian Campbell to the Dying Fetus concert in Connecticut? No. So far, uh-huh. 90% have voted yes. 90%. So guess where you're going, fuckface? Dude, that, I, I do not support Oh, where's this. your art now, I pussy? This is not art. I don't support this. Yeah. Okay? okay? Like, I mean, you want to talk real music, right? Okay. 
Damien the Donk had a dying fetus on his belt. Yeah, Damien the Donk's got some some dark tattoos, but he he's a good bloke, that guy the, from the 209. Have you listened to at all his new podcast? Two, no. two, two guys, one, no. uh, one pod. No, no chance. Two donks, one pod. I, That's it's, like asking me, did you listen from front to back, killing on adrenaline by a dying fetus? No, you've of course not done that. Um, it's, uh, it's a funny, it's a funny watch. Those two shout out to the other guy, the other guy. Um, so yeah, that's that Luke. I, at this point, if I kept talking, it would basically just be a ramble and I don't like to mince or waste words on this show. Yeah. Here's a tweet from Casey Lydon to our point. Yeah. Boxing fight weeks are just a lot more fun than UFC fight weeks. You never know what's going to happen. That's well, that, true. I think that's why Connor fight weeks in his prime were so bad, shit, crazy and that's fun true. for UFC. I mean, seriously, but he, he didn't say Connor. He said like run of the mill UFC. Yes, work. That's true. Yes. Yes. Well, look, we have a dynamic personality in Jake Paul. There's no question. Okay. We can close the show anytime now. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Yeah. Even, the, even the producer the saying we need to wrap it that's up. That's me in the spotlight. Losing my voice, Luke. Okay. And religion. <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah. Stipe. <laughs> Why don't you go to Athens, Georgia, Kenneth? What's the um, frequency? Yeah, all right. Uh, big week for reunions, big week for healing. More to come this week. Uh, big fan of all you out there. Thanks for staying with us. I know we let you down in terms of announcements or timing. We fucked it up. We're not we always there up. when you call. But we're always on time. No, we're not really on time either, but we are, we're back. We back. We back in a bit. You know, like uh, like Pepe at 2 a.m. tonight. Uh, <laughs> you up? <laughs> you're going to come. Que tal? Come on, bro. Okay, we brought it. Shout out to our great team who've put up with just mayhem this week. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. We love you guys. Some of these guys, I don't even know their names, to be honest. I feel very Luke Thomas-like right now. They're peasants. I don't they care are. about them. All right, for Luke Thomas, my name is Brian Campbell. Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, back where we belong in the prime time slot. Until then, may all your ex-lovers stay satisfied.